Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. Hello and welcome to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. I'm Roger Rickard, and this is the podcast dedicated to the art of becoming a more influential advocate. And if you're already an advocate, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is for the people that work and engage in advocacy efforts for their organizations, be they associations, trade organizations, and nonprofit cause groups. If you're one of these people, then this podcast is for you. And finally, if you're looking to assist an organization by becoming an advocate for them, then this podcast is for you. You see, my goal here is to help you become a better advocate by educating, engaging, and activating you to become a champion for the causes you care about with enthusiasm while providing you with the powerful lifelong habits enabling you to become a superior advocate. In today's episode, I will be asking, who is to blame for our political divisions, and can we fix them? But first, it is time to introduce you to one of our sponsors for today's episode, Rocket SEO. They provide marketing solutions for any firm looking to dominate their industry on the web, specializing in local business marketing, e-commerce, videography, photography, and podcasting. If you want your online marketing to soar, contact Rocket SEO. Rocket is spelled R-O-K-I-T. So go to rocketseo.com and tell them Roger sent you. Now let's get started. Welcome back to our feature segment today. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about who is to blame for our current political divisions and if we can fix them. It is safe to say that there has been a lot of bitterness, hatred, sarcasm, all spewed since the November election about the state of our American government. We've seen protests in the streets, demonstrations, peaceful marches, congressional office sit-ins, and angry citizens in congressional town hall meetings shouting that they all want answers. And who can blame them? Hate it or love it, the president has created a firestorm of political climate change. The president acknowledged it during his speech before a joint session of Congress last month saying, and I quote, Then in 2016, the earth shifted beneath our feet. The rebellion started as a quiet protest, spoken by families of all colors and creeds, families who just wanted a fair shot for their children and a fair hearing for their concerns. But then the citizens' voices became a loud chorus, as thousands of citizens now spoke out together, from cities small and large, all across our country. Finally, the chorus became an earthquake. 
end quote. But who was he talking about? Was he talking about himself? Or was he talking about the Bernie Sanders campaign? That's an interesting question, isn't it? But I guess either way, these two candidates, Trump and Sanders, tapped into an American frustrated with the status quo of our politics as usual. More Americans now are showing some determination to participate in political, civic engagement and the events that surround them. However, most feel they have absolutely no input into the decisions made by our local, state, and federal governments that profoundly affect them, whether they affect their lives, their jobs, their family, of course. And to put it mildly, I think this frustrates them. Citizens feel their government isn't working, and they're angry. They are disheartened by political doublespeak, tired of the polarization, a blame game, some finger-pointing, and all the negative campaigns which have been responsible for the steady erosion of citizen participation in our advocacy efforts, in public policy, in the governing side, and in the political process. But my question for you today is, who's at fault here? Is it the elected officials or us, the citizens, that should take the blame? I believe it is both. See, elected officials are continually saying that they want to hear from their constituents. In the past, they have berated citizens that won't engage, that don't vote that don't participate in the governing process, always claiming, gee, I, I wish more people came out, stepped up, and spoke up when I have community events. Now more people want to partake in congressional events, and many, and I mean many, members of Congress are either not holding them at all or have canceled them. In my opinion, this is flat out wrong. They should not hide behind excuses in their political ivory towers. They need to absorb what's going on in the people's minds. They need to hear from the people. They need to then explain their position and thank the people for their participation and work to form a solution. Or as the Constitution said, to form a more perfect union. I have often been wary of people that complain about our country and then fail to take any action to participate in it and to possibly change what is going on. The U.S. Constitution begins, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. The Constitution says, we the people. These beginning words written by James Madison about 225 years ago tell us just how important we are to the workings of our government. It is us, the people, us the citizens, the citizens of the United States who are charged with forming a more perfect union and not simply the elected political elite 
elite that we have chosen. It is both of our responsibilities. But what are we, the citizens, doing for our part to contribute? You know, up until recently, up until maybe the last couple of months, we've not done much. We cannot solve our political problems by doing the same things that we have done in the past. We call this the definition of insanity. We must encourage and engage in our civic responsibility. There are abundant resources available on how to get engaged, how to call, how to write, how to meet with elected officials. And there are numerous advocacy strategies and tactics that one can employ to become a more effective citizen advocate. I outlined the basic roots of how to be an effective advocate in my book, The Seven Actions of Highly Effective Advocates, which you can find on our website at voicesinadvocacy.com. We expect elected officials to have some level of decorum, to maybe operate with some level of, a, of decency. We want the president to act presidential and conduct himself with a tone of civility. Some people say these things don't matter, but yes, they matter and they matter immensely. Decorum, decency, and, and a tone of civility are the responsibility of us as citizens as well if we really do want to have a seat at the table to discuss our issues and concerns. How do we change our political world as we know it? Well, we can do our part. Let's kind of start with ourselves. So I wrote down these seven kind of unassuming steps that we can take to reset our political dialogue. Number one, first, take a deep breath. And then take a second and maybe even a third deep breath and kind of regroup. Number two, take a step back to move forward. Again, part of regrouping. Three, we must stop pointing fingers at each other. And four, let's stop yelling at each other. We're all Americans. For the most part, I think we all want the same basic things. Number five, take your hands off of your ears and listen. Listen to what someone else says. American Native Indians, or should I correctly say the Native Americans, say that you must walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. We need to walk a mile in someone else's position. We need to better understand where they're coming from. The only way to do that is to listen to their fears, to their concerns. Number six, ask yourself, you know, what can I do to help our country? John F. Kennedy in 1961 
in his inaugural address said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And I question, have we forgotten that? Are we in a position now where all we want is what can you do for me rather than how can we together work to solve our problems? Kennedy also challenged us to go to the moon. And that challenge reinvigorated a nation. Number seven, just be kinder, be gentler to our fellow citizens. Use positive energy to create, engage, and help drive change together. We can't do this on our own. We must find a way to work together. Now, I think this list is simple, but I also think our task is simple as well. If, if we want to have a meaningful dialogue among us, the citizenry, and those we have tasked to serve for us, then we have to tone down this vitriol, and we've got to get down to business at hand. We are all in this ship of state together. You know, and if the saying of a rising tide raises all boats, then conversely, a diminishing tide must diminish all boats. I choose the former over the latter. I want to raise all of our boats. Now let's all take a deep breath. And then get to work. I'll be back in just a few seconds with the advocacy tip of the week. Now it's time for the advocacy tip of the week. Today's tip is learning and understanding the role of congressional town halls. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently about congressional town halls. You've seen it an awful lot in the news. Those town halls that are being held by members of Congress and those town halls that are not being held by members of Congress. You see, in the past, these town halls were not well attended. Today, due to the political climate, the current state of affairs, getting into a town hall could be as difficult as scoring a ticket to the Super Bowl or even the Broadway show Hamilton. But please, don't be discouraged about the current state of these town halls. And don't give up. Participate in them. The purpose of a town hall is to give the elected officials' constituents the opportunity to hear directly from the member of Congress and for you, the constituent, to ask questions on topics that you want discussed. It is a good opportunity, maybe even a great opportunity, for an in-depth interaction between you and your member of Congress. Some would say that they don't necessarily want to participate in these town halls right now because they're hearing the wrath of the people. Obviously, some members of Congress don't like them in this type of climate. But remember this, 
all members of the House of Representatives get elected every two years. So in less than a year from now, they will come out from underneath their rocks and they will be asking for your vote again. I'm sure we will be seeing them out and about among their constituents when they want to hear from you as a voter. But enough about where we're at with this kind of climate. Let's get back on to the fact that what do you do if you're interested in attending a town hall meeting? First of all, go to the member of Congress website. Find their website. The easy way to do this is on the House, the House of Representatives, go to house.gov and search for your rep. They have a portal there that'll take you directly to the Member of Congress website. On the Senate side, the same thing. Go to senate.gov and you can scroll down by your state and find your two U.S. Senators. Then when you're on their webpage, their website, uh, you they will usually have some sort of an events page uh, which will list what is going on in the district. This is usually where they post where they have meetings or direct interaction on these congressional town halls. If you can't find any information on the website, call the district office and ask for a schedule of their town hall meetings. Absolutely, you can find the district office phone number under contact us information on their website. It will be wise for you to bone up on any issues that matter to you so that you're prepared to talk knowledgeably, knowledgeably about them. Don't fret that you might not know as much as they may on a subject. Remember, you hold the power. You hold the key here in that you are the constituent and most members of Congress really do want to hear about how something will personally affect you. So whether it affects your family, your loved ones, your industry, your job, your livelihood, they want to know. So what do you do if your member of Congress is not holding town halls? Well, again, call their office and then ask them why they don't want to speak directly to their constituents. Ask to be put on a list so that you can be informed when the next town hall is being held. Be persistent, but also be patient. And I might add, remember whether or not your member of Congress really does want to interact with you or not. And take that into account when you do go vote next year. To learn more, just visit VoicesInAdvocacy.com for more helpful tips. I'll be back in just one moment. We have another fabulous sponsor of this show, Trekker Leather Company. Whether you're looking for leather journals, sketchbooks, or accessories, you will find high-quality, premium leather styled by artisan craftsmen. 
I love the look and feel of my leather journal, and I know you will too. So go to trekkerleather.com. That's T-R-E-K-K-E-R leather.com. These handmade leather goods influenced by the ranchers of the American Southwest make great gifts, which can be personalized and customized for anyone and any occasion. So after the podcast today, go to trekkerleather.com to get yours. Make sure you tell them Roger sent you. Hey guys, just a couple of quick announcements here at the end of this episode. If you're interested in being a guest on my show, please go to voicesandadvocacy.com and click on the Contact Us link at the top of the page to let us know of your interest and why we should have you on the show. I would love to have you contribute your thoughts. In upcoming episodes, we will be, you will be treated to great interviews from people you know in advocacy, leaders from the world of politics, associations, nonprofits, and actively engaged advocates. We at Voices in Advocacy work with organizations that want to ensure that their advocates are educated, engaged, and actively supporting your cause. We do that through training, through consulting, through keynote speeches to help engage and activate your people. So if you have a question or two that you would like to address to me, you can do that by sending me an email, roger at voicesinadvocacy.com. Also, I would be extremely grateful if you would rate my podcast. That kind of helps tremendously with keeping my podcast visible so that people who have never heard of it can discover it. So just head over to iTunes to subscribe today. Well, that's it for this episode of Voices in Advocacy. Until next time, remember, you have the power to change lives as an advocate. So go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you guys joining us again next week. To learn more about us, go to voicesinadvocacy.com.